Typically, you're accustomed to me opening up an episode of my podcast with something creative, a little blurb to catch your attention, and do it in an energetic, upbeat tone. It's not the right place to do that on a day like today. This morning, the loss of Kobe Bryant, who perished yesterday along with his 13-year-old daughter and Gigi, in helicopter crash outside of Los Angeles, all nine on board reportedly were killed. And my initial reaction to all this, like it probably was for you, was this can't be real. I think we all want to be numb and we want to think that this is not reality and that maybe this is a nightmare that we can awaken from. But we soon learned that this really was the case. And the next thought that ran and raced through my head was how much this man did for the sport of basketball from growing the game from promoting the women's game his daughters you know they love basketball and he was a coach for them and he was so talented as a businessman off the court obviously hall of fame career on the court and to think that how many people, how many successful basketball players would not have picked up that basketball without the influence and impact of Kobe Bryant. I think there, there's an infinite number of players that were drawn to the game because of Kobe Bryant. And I know for a fact, is, and you're going to hear on this episode, several of the Bruins currently were completely invested into Kobe Bryant's legacy and to what he meant to the sport. And because of that, they have reached this plateau, this level of playing top-tier college basketball at a Power 5 level because of what he was able to do on the court. Just one of the, the thousands and millions of stories of how Kobe Bryant positively influenced other people. And so as we also want to, to look at UCLA's basketball game against Oregon that took place yesterday, and those two teams went out onto the court and played two hours or so after the news broke about Kobe Bryant and the tragic events that took place around him on Sunday. While the Bruins did lose this game, there are some optimistic revelations that came out of this contest that I do believe need to be mentioned. So that will also be a focal point of this episode. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm your host, Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor at Fox Sports Radio. I also am a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which is an hour long of UCLA athletics fodder that airs on the radio in Los Angeles on Tuesdays with Bruin basketball legend Tracy Murray and Nick Cope. Be sure, if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to this podcast for all the latest developments around UCLA sports. And if you haven't done it yet, please rate the program or provide any sort of feedback. It would be gladly appreciated. Your time is never taken for granted. So with the news of of Kobe Bryant passing and the others who were not able to survive that helicopter crash. As I lay out what to expect 
on this episode of Locked on Bruins, there have been a large contingent of Bruin royalty that have weighed in and sharing their grief publicly about Kobe Bryant's passing. So I want to make that a priority to discuss that we will look into at the end of this episode. Several people that have made tremendous contributions to the UCLA athletic programs, what they have to think about such a humongous loss. And then turning over to the game itself on Sunday and how these guys, imagine being the Bruins or the Ducks, hearing this news and then all of a sudden saying, you know what, you just got to butt your lip and try to play this game. Could not have been easy. And if you think it wasn't easy for them, think about his closest friends in the NBA in trying to play on Sunday, the day of his passing. I don't know if you had a chance to see Clippers head coach Doc Rivers, his press conference before the Clippers game on Sunday. I mean, your heart just goes out to to Doc and, and just how hard he was taking the loss. And, and you could really feel his pain emanating through the words that he was trying to say and convey about the the grieving process of of hearing the news about Kobe Bryant. But a lot of these Bruins, I want to talk about what they said as it relates to Kobe Bryant. And that's where I want to start because Jalen Hill is one of the stars on this Bruins basketball team. And he's wearing number 24, which was one of Kobe's numbers. And Jalen Hill said after the the loss to Oregon that he wears 24 because of the impact that Kobe has had on his life. Hill went on to say that after the news came out that he felt you could, quote, see on the bus ride to the game, people outside the stadium just heads down. You could tell it was just a different aura, a different vibe around the whole stadium. That's monumental. Like Kobe Bryant had that effect on everybody. It's these moments when you lose somebody so special, that larger-than-life persona, when everybody goes back to that personal connection or moment they had with said individual. And Mick Cronin relayed a story about how he was privy to coaching Kobe Bryant in his last high school basketball event before going to the pros. It was the round ball classic. And that would actually be Mick Cronin's last game as a high school coach as well. So everybody showing their support and their appreciation and their love for Kobe Bryant and the legacy he leaves behind, including Jake Kyman as well. And he played like a man who was really inspired in this game. And we'll discuss his incredible performance from Sunday. But he said, quote, I've always been watching Kobe and trying to model my game after him with mid-range and just shooting and everything. So it really took a hard toll with me. He's my favorite player. I think he's the greatest of all time. So it was a struggle. But I had to get my mind in the right headspace for the game and then think about it later. The Bruins lost this game 96-75 to against the Ducks. And to be honest with you, what this indicated to me, and if you did not watch the game, you might think, well, this was a blowout. 
I, I watched the whole thing. It never felt to me like UCLA was really out of the game. Why is that? Because unlike in the past, this Bruin team never quit. What does that mean? I could tell by their body language that even, then, even though they were down double figures or double digits, they kept diving for loose balls, making a couple baskets, making a run. They got it down to 15 in the second half. So it wasn't like they gave up. No, those days are gone under Mick Cronin. Those are not to be tolerated. And if you do give up, he will call you out. So you will be reprimanded publicly. And so if that's not inspiration to not surrender and, and give in, I don't know what is. But what this game really did show was that there's simply just a talent gap between Oregon and UCLA at this point. And that's just the nature of how the status of UCLA basketball is right now. They just don't have the talent to stack up with an Oregon team. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter mention this as well. And a friend of mine, Mike Regalado with Bruin Report, said that this game showed him that, and I completely agree with what he said here, that the Bruins offense is a lot much more in any work of progress status than the defense. And that if a team, and in this case, Oregon, they were unconscious from three-point territory in the first half. I mean, everything they put in, guarded three, all over the court, everything went in. And when you have a team that is grooving that well on offense, UCLA at this point does not have the offense itself to generate enough to match an absolute blitz of an offensive of surge from another team. I'm hoping that that will come, but it wasn't shown in this game. And I think that's just part of the growing process of this team in that the Ducks nailed nine three-pointers in the first half alone. And the beginning of this game was back and forth. UCLA playing them tough. You could see that McCronin's feisty defense was holding its own, and then the Ducks went on this 30-5 to run, and that really was the key. The, the Ducks never looked back after that, and a lot of that was triggered because of those three-pointers. You had the, the Pritchard and the Duarte kid just going off from three-point territory. Their offense was just on another level, and UCLA just had no answer for those two. And, and I go back to... The, the notion that while there are a lot of newcomers on this Oregon team, what you cannot underestimate is the effect of having a senior guard in Peyton Pritchard, who has been a starter on this team all four years, who is being considered in the conversation of being a, a national player of the year. Having that leadership and his ability to facilitate, but also how good he is creating his own shot and becoming a clutch three-point shooter in his all-around offensive game, having a player like that is infectious to the rest of a team, and he absolutely lifted the rest of his players to victory in this game. And UCLA at this point does not have a player like that. The turnovers were concerning for the Bruins. I mean, it, it, it seemed in the first 10 minutes or so that every minute the Bruins were turning the ball over. They ended up, I think, with 14 turnovers in the first half. And the Ducks finished in this game with a season-high 23 turnovers forced. And that, that goes back to the offense, 
where it's just not there considerably to where the defense is. And, you know, you say, well, the Bruins gave up their most points in a game this season. Yeah, but it wasn't a lot of it because of half-court execution. It was a lot of points. The The big difference in this game was was the points off the turnovers. So the the Ducks were getting steals, and they had 15 steals. My goodness, 15 steals in this game. And they would get out into runouts and score in transition. So I don't know. That's not exactly all the fault of, of like a half-court defense. Can't put the blame on, on that. But it was offensively. The, the Bruins were confronted with this full-court press that created a lot of confusion with guys who's going to inbound the ball. There was, there was one point where, can't remember who the two Bruins were, but a guy threw it to the guy in the inbounds, and then the guy threw it back to him. And it was, it was obviously, like, if you're out of bounds and you're throwing it in, out into the court in for somebody to then throw it and be them be the inbounder that drew a whistle there was also the time where the Bruins were caught with six guys on the court and so and they played a sequence with six guys and and even that you know it's funny because Mick Cronin had said not long ago that you know he was thinking about that Norman Dale situation where he couldn't find five guys who deserved to play on the court after the way they had played against Stanford. And now he's throwing six guys out there, so maybe that's a sign of some progress and not so much regression. But there was just a lot of confusion and and disarray and chaos caused by that press, and that led to that 30-5 to run that propelled the Ducks to a halftime lead of over 20. And they basically held that from there. But despite the defeat against Oregon, I do want to underline that key individual performances for UCLA players were were nice. And for one, Jake Kyman, 20 points. Second game, he has scored in double figures. One point shy of his career high of 21. He made four three-pointers. Nice mid-range game as well. Hit some nice jump shots when the offense was stagnant the shot clock was running down and they needed something Kyman came in there and made a bucket from 15 also what might have gone more unnoticed was that his defense looked a lot better he was staying in front of guys and I think that's a big reason why he's staying on the court for so long in that he is starting to get it on the offensive end closing out creating good on-ball pressure and not letting a driver get right by him. And so that is another added wrinkle to why you're seeing more of Jake Kyman in this game. And it doesn't hurt that this guy knocked in four threes as well. The Bruins made 10 threes in this game. So if you remember at the beginning of the season, there was really no one and there was absolutely no consistency when it came to, hey, Who's the three-point shooter? Can we even make a three? Now they're making 10 threes in a game, so that's good to know. Also, the play of David Singleton, who has been working laboriously on his shot and the mechanics of it, he hit three threes in this game. So that was a really good sign for him because so much of the success that the Bruins were able to muster up last year 
resting on that that right hand and that three-point shot of David Singleton. So Singleton nails three threes. Jake Kyman explodes for 20 points. And then this was a key part that I'm so happy for, Jalen Hill. Jalen Hill has been just a complete absent player when it comes to playing road games. He has this reputation attached to him that he's trying to shake off. Now, I did say that he came up pretty big, I mean really big, against Oregon State earlier in the week when he made those clutch free throws, but that was all the offense that he had generated. He had all season long, anytime this team was playing away from Pauly, it was like he was a ghost when it comes to the offensive side of things. Finally, he got in a groove on the offensive end. Finished with 15 points, 8 rebounds. And he told me when we when I interviewed him last week, he said, I've got to eliminate my turnovers. I've got to be more careful with the basketball. He only had one turnover in this game. So I, from an individual performance, I know it's a team game, but because of the team and the loss, I just I don't always want to be negative, negative, negative. It's important to point out that individually there were some breakout performances, and namely Jalen Hill. So that that was good to see. Also Jaime Hawkes scoring in double figures for the third game in a row had five assists. Now obviously he had too many turnovers. Jules Bernard. Had too many turnovers as well. He took some really bad shots in this game, and that is a lingering problem, a, a bad habit that he is going to have to to trash here if he wants to garner more playing time. But the Bruins did get it to within 15 points in the second half. They made it 56 to 41, and the Ducks scored seven straight. But you remember from last year that UCLA, the last time they played at Eugene, they came back from a 17-point hole in the the last seven minutes of the game to beat Oregon. So the, the Duck coaching staff reiterated to the players, we don't want a repeat of, of that debacle that took place. And as a Bruin fan, with that knowledge that last year this team – did overcome a 17-point hole in seven minutes, you never really felt like you were out of the game based upon what happened last year, but also that the energy was always sustained. There was no sulking out there for UCLA. As I said before, the body language was good, and there never felt like the guys were were waving the, the white flag, and Second half was much better for UCLA. They outscored the Ducks 49-48. They also held the Ducks to only two three-pointers compared to nine in the first half. So you take what you can, little positive moments to move forward with, but in no way do I view this game as a setback. The talent, much more pronounced, much grander on the Ducks' side. UCLA will get there. This was a great barometer game because they've got some home games coming up that I do believe are winnable contests. 
and we'll discuss those later on in the week. But first coming up, how members of the Bruin community are expressing their grief for Kobe Bryant. That's next. Bruin basketball legend Earl Watson took to Twitter after hearing about the loss of Kobe Bryant, said that Laker jersey number 24, number 8, need to be raised in Pauly. Without Kobe's presence on campus during the summer-slash-off-seasons, most of the success in the recruits would have been obsolete. Yes, Coach Wooden was impactful, but we came to compete against Kobe in the summers. Pay homage. Great point. And we've already seen Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, or governor of the Dallas Mavericks, say that no one in his franchise will ever be able to wear 24 again to memorialize Kobe. And then there was Jordan Canada of the women's basketball team at UCLA who has gone on to the WNBA. She said, life is too short. Keep your loved ones close at all times. Never take life for granted. Her former head coach at UCLA, Corey Close, she said after Sunday's win against Washington State, there's no words that make any of this better. I'm just deeply saddened, and it's deeply affected these people. And my response as a leader is to make sure that I cherish every day and relish every opportunity because the next one is not promised. We have all, hopefully, I'm hoping some of you have had individual encounters with Kobe Bryant to understand this larger-than-life persona that he exuded. I got to meet him at a UCLA women's basketball game, shaking his hand, nicest guy, loved the women's game. He was, as so many have already pointed out on social media in, in these last 24 hours, he did so much to promote the women's game. And all of us, we're just going to miss him so much. I just hope that the city of Los Angeles does him do justice and finds a way to pay homage in a way that he deserves. Like, I, I would go as far as to say there's the the Hollywood sign, the iconic Hollywood sign. How about make it Kobe Bryant or add the, the letters Kobe Bryant? That's how much this guy meant to Los Angeles. And that's how badly we're going to miss him. And it's no solace to say this. And we'll forever live on. He did so much for the women's game, for the community. And I just hope that the city of Los Angeles finds a way to give him his due justice when it comes to remembering him. I, I went as far as to say that they should change the, the iconic Hollywood sign to Kobe Bryant. I think this guy has meant just as much or more to these people in Los Angeles. And gosh, we're all going to miss him. So moving forward here, I'm going to discuss Joshua Kelly. Did not have a chance to brag about how he did over the weekend at the Senior Bowl, but he definitely bolstered his draft stock based on what he did on the field. So that is coming up so much more as we continue to grieve Kobe Bryant and think about all of the Bruins that he has inspired along the way. I'm Brian Fenley.